0: Well, we are about a week into the latest banking crisis, and it's gone from the United States to Europe. It's gone from Silicon Valley Bank to Credit Suisse and back again, and now there are fresh names being mentioned. First Republic evidently getting bailed out, Western Pacific. So you know the regulators are going to come in and do something. And and one of the concerns is, and one of the observations is, what they're going to do is make it really tough to be a community bank or a regional bank and make it really expensive to do so. Kevin Hannigan, we've been talking to for years. We followed him from, you know, the community banks, Highlands Bank and Legacy, Texas, and now as president, chief operating officer of a big regional bank, Prosperity Bank. And he joins us right now. It's good to have you with us.
1: Thanks for having me, David. Appreciate
0: you inviting me. So this is sort of blue sky, I guess. But like I say, the regulators are going to do something. Um, How tough are they going to make it With, you know, reserve requirements and audits and that sort of thing for the smaller banks.
1: Yeah, look, I I don't think they want to really concentrate the big four any more than we're concentrated. J.P. Morgan's B of A, Wells, Citicorp. I I really don't think they want more concentration. But times like these and what's happened since last Friday, really, which started last Wednesday night, um, are going to cause some changes within the industry. Um, if we look at the banks that have been mentioned, the two that have failed in the first republic that you just mentioned, David, there's a, there's four common themes that I think we'll end up addressing at the end of the day. Number one, all three of those have very concentrated business models. Silicon Valley Bank dealt with venture capital funds and large amounts of money and venture capital companies that were founded by these venture capital funds. Silic- uh, uh, Signature Bank had nearly 30% of their deposits were crypto deposits. Um, And First Republic is in the same kind of boat. Those three banks, if you were to run a screen for who has the highest levels of uninsured deposits in the banking system today, number one, Silicon Valley Bank, 94% of their deposits were uninsured.
0: Uh,
1: Signature, 88%. And and now you just talked about First Republic being in the news, they're next down, but they're at 67 percent, so way better than the first two, but still very high at 67 percent. To put that in context, um, the top 100 banks in America average about 34 percent of their deposits are uninsured. So these guys are up in the 90s and close to 70. And then the next problem was they all bought long dated bonds with all these deposits. Right. And they those bonds, bonds became worthless and they didn't have enough cash on hand or readily available cash to meet depositor demands. And And that's what really got.
0: Just for context, interest rates went up. Which drives the current price of individual bonds, even U.S. Treasuries, yes. down. So if you down. have to sell them, you sell them at a loss. Sorry, I want to make that clear. Right. So, so
1: this this actually started, in my opinion, last Wednesday night when when uh, Silicon Valley Bank put out a press release, an 8K uh, at, at, at after the market closed, and I happened to be sitting with one of the smarter bank investors I know, and it popped up on his screen. He said, "Will you read this real quick?" And it. it it said they were selling a big chunk of their bonds. They were going to suffer a $1.8 billion loss on those bonds, but they planned to raise capital the next day of $2.3 billion. I said, they will never raise this capital. I cannot believe they put this out. He said, what do you think happens? I said, I don't think they make it to the weekend. And they were shut down by the, by the regulators because there was a run on the bank. $42 billion worth of their $200 billion dollars worth of deposits, wanted their money back, and they didn't have access to the money to get them their money back.
0: So to to keep this from happening in the future, or to to mitigate the impact on the system, because that's really what's going on right now, it's the the system, is the regulators are going to try to do something. How do they do something without having the negative consequences? You talked about, I mean, Are they going to concentrate everything is going to be like Canada. We're going to wake up and you've got Bob's Bank and that's it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, let's hope not. And I don't think that's where we're going to go. I do think banks are going to be required to keep more liquidity on balance sheet to handle customer needs when things like this happen. For instance, we do have uninsured deposits. We're relatively low in terms of the amount of uninsured deposits. But today, David, I'm, we're sitting on cash, sitting at the Federal Reserve of $3.1 billion. So if somebody comes in and wants their money, we've got it available to well,
0: them. Well, which is why uh, Piper Sandler said you're the sleep well at night bank. And Davidson said prosperity is a near fortress balance sheet. But, but you can't impose that on others, can you? Unless you put Re- the stress test. The stress test that exists right now is only for the major banks. Is, is there. Is it likely we're going to see a stress test for the smaller banks all the way down? The I think it's likely.
1: I think Dave, things they could do. I'm not saying these are under discussion yet because they're still. This will take months to play out in in terms of how the regulators respond to this. But they could say, "Look, if you're if you're going to be a bank that runs high levels of uninsured deposits, we're going to require you to have more cash on your balance sheet than other banks, so you can meet the needs of those depositors." So What does that do to that bank? It's that that's less cash that's invested in loans and other uh, earning assets, and it makes them make less money. So if you make the choice that you're going to have uninsured deposits, you're going to pay for it by having to keep extra liquidity on your balance sheet. Um, And I think in the case of some of these banks, when they bought the bonds, Silicon Valley Bank, if they sold all their bonds, their net worth was gone. They were negative net worth if they sold all their bonds. Prosperity Bank, if we sold all of our bonds, we still have 7% tangible common equity, which qualifies us as well capitalized in the regulator's mind. By the way, that 7% that we have is higher than J.P. Morgan. It's higher than b a It's higher than Citicorp. Um, they're way bigger banks, but pound yeah. for pound... Um, we just have more capital to withstand the kind but of But you're
0: talking about making it less profitable, so so to to protect the system, less profitable to be a banker. So logic would dictate they're going to be less bankers. I,
1: I think, David, when this blows through, there there's going to be a merger and acquisition wave like we haven't seen in a very long time, and the weaker banks are going to get concentrated in the hands of the people who manage risk better. Um, You haven't met David Solomon, who who founded Prosperity Bank and and is our executive chairman and CEO. David has a saying on Wall Street. He says, if you like us during the good times, you're going to love us during the bad times. Uh, Well, and and he's
0: grown by acquisition. He bought you.
1: Yes, he bought us. (laughs) And he's bought 44 banks um, in the course of his career. So, you know, his model is to run a completely clean, safe bank with plenty of capital and lots of liquidity. And it's times like this that we we uh, we tend to do better because we've we've run a, a, a more balanced book of business. Take Think of it this way. Our average deposit size, our average depositor has thirty five thousand dollars in the bank.
0: Right.
1: Silicon Valley's average depositor had one million two hundred and fifty thousand in the bank. Very, very concentrated in, in terms of customers. Yeah. And when those customers get nervous and start pulling their money out you you can't you can't keep up with it so that they, they just ran a riskier business model and i think the regulators are gonna you know that's a 200 million dollar yeah. bank so they were below the 200 200 billion dollar bank they're below the 250 billion dollar threshold uh, so they could get away with these kind of things as you said i think the regulators are going to push some of these tighter rules down amongst the, the smaller banks uh, especially ones who run concentrated concentrated business models
0: so as you go in and try to prop up the system as the Fed and everybody else is trying to do right because, because your business is built on confidence to the greatest degree, it, It's they try trust to prop and up, confidence. yeah yep. so you got to have the confidence, you got to have the trust. Now the, the concern is the, the the so-called moral hazard, that is to say, you could go out and do business any way you want to do. Just be as aggressive as you want to, because you've got the Fed as a backstop. You got fail safe there. And, and you're we're always going to bail out your depositors. So go do crazy things.
1: Yeah. Look, in, in the case of uh, both Silicon Valley and Signature, it took them a while. It took them to late Sunday afternoon to, to come out and say, all right, well, we are going to pay the depositors, even if they're uninsured. Right. Right. Um, I think they're going to make that more challenging in the future by, by, clamping down on some of these uninsured deposits and the liquidity you have. If you want uninsured deposits on your balance sheet, you're going to pay for it.
0: Well, it's going to drive the clients elsewhere to elsewhere,
1: right? Solid and banks Clients are going to begin asking how much of your deposits are uninsured, and you know what's your average deposit size. And things that we've never thought about before. And look, it, it's it's a painful process for the industry. I would tell you that the vast, the overwhelming majority of the 4,700 FDIC insured banks in the US are safe as could be. We got a handful of characters who've got really large, concentrated business models that caused this to happen. And it was that press release that started it all last Wednesday night.
0: Well, hopefully, we get confidence back, things calm down. We have been through this before. I mean, you're a survivor of 08 and 09, I remember with with guarantees. So there is, yeah. you know, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel, and and I think maybe we're beginning to see it.
1: Well, I I think what's what's interesting to me everything the Fed has done st- since last March, all the Fed rate hikes, and, and more has probably happened to slow the economy in the last five days, <laughs> and all of that combined, right? Yeah, people are pausing, and, and banks who are who have higher levels of uninsured deposits, they're not going to make loans right now. They're going to husband their capital. They're going to husband their cash. Um, so I think this this is the Fed's getting what it wanted. Right? Usually when the Fed tightens, something breaks, and, and the something that broke was Silicon Valley Bank on on Friday and Signature Bank on on Sunday. A, a, a bank failure on a Sunday. We've never seen that before in our careers, and we've opened around a lot. No, they always happen
0: on Friday. I would stay around late on Friday afternoons and, and to see which Georgia bank was going to fail. Kevin yeah. Hannigan is the president, chief operating officer of Prosperity Bank. He knows his business better than anybody else I know, and I always enjoy the conversations. Thanks a lot for the time. We appreciate it.
1: David, thank you. Appreciate it again you having me on today.
0: Thanks for more of a conversation. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio Ten Eighty, KRLD.